wrap up, have us completely done and dismissed by 8 o'clock. Sound good? 10 o'clock. Oh, Lord, don't tell a preacher. Don't ever tell a preacher. Give him more time. <laughs> Father, we need you. We trust you. We're so thankful for what you're doing tonight. Thank you for what you're doing in our life, and thank you for everything you're doing in our hearts. We just trust you and believe in you, and we're just here, Father, to hear your word. We're here, God, and in spite of whatever reasoning that brought us here, right now, I pray that we purpose in our heart to be here to hear your word. And so, God, I thank you for just moving and uh, supplying every need. I thank you for shaking what needs to be shaking, healing what needs to be healed, delivering what needs to be delivered, and providing what needs to be provided. Lord, we bless you. We sure do thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Well, glory to God. I'm going to talk about tonight, uh, if you want to put a title on this, it's called Increase by Association. Increase by Association. Now, uh, you can either increase in life or decrease in life by who you're associated with. Amen. You ever heard the statement that talks about um, these people were guilty by association? You know what I mean? You could have, uh, let's just say an example of a crime was committed, a bad crime. And let's say there was two people there. One person did all the work. They drove the car. They did the crime, right? They did all the bad stuff, yet the other person that was just there in connection with the other person, just hanging out, got it charged too. Why? Because they were associated with the wrong individual. And the Bible tells us, I believe it's over in Proverbs, it says, uh, he who walks with the wise will become wise. That's my paraphrase. So my question for you just to kind of ponder and think about tonight is, who are you hanging out with? Who are you associating with? Who are you connected with? Here's a good Christian word. Who are you partnered with? And I'm not just talking husband and wife. I'm just talking about in anything, whether it be uh, business or ministry or church or, or maybe there's some family members you're connected with that God's saying, come on, it's time to move on. <laughs> and so my question is, who are you connected with? It's important to understand that and evaluate that in your life. Why? Because who you are connected with has the potential to affect your life, whether it be good or bad. Can I get one more amen? amen. <laughs> so we increase or we decrease by our associations. If you have your Bible, would you turn to the Gospel of Luke? Luke chapter 5. Uh, it's going to be different in your Bible. What does it say? <laughs> Luke is after Mark. Luke is after Mark. <laughs> but uh, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read just down to verse 11. And it's the story of when Jesus called some disciples. And we're going to kind of see some things in here that I think will bless you, and it will help you. So it starts in verse 1. It says, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, point Number one key thing in this whole verse is the people came, they pressed. Y'all know what it means to press. It's just like you would think of press. They were, they were kind of closing in for one thing, to hear the word of God. And I want to encourage us. If you're not connected with people that are trying to draw closer to Jesus, to hear the word. Have y'all ever read John chapter 1? It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. And the word in verse 14, it says, dwelt among them and became flesh. Like Jesus and the word are one in the same. 
you look at and study the Gospels, the life of Jesus, you'll never see Jesus do anything contrary to what's written in this Bible. And it's almost, I want to say almost, it's, I'll dare to say it's impossible for Jesus to do anything contradictory to what this word says. What do I mean by that? Meaning God is never going to say something and then do and live the opposite. That's why the Bible talks about even that we should swear, even, you know, use our word, swear our word, even to our own hurt. And y'all know in our day and age, contracts are designed, literal, you know, legal contracts are designed in our day and age with loopholes and ways out. They're designed to be broken. But back in the day, they weren't called contracts, they were called covenants, where blood was, was shed and literally meant, look, dude, I got you. If you die, I'm going after the dude that killed you. If I die, I expect you to go kill the dude that killed me and then take care of my family. Like covenant bonded people, partnered people, connected people, good, bad, and ugly. Their word connected them and they swore to their own hurt. So I say that to say this, when God says something, take it to the bank, it's a done deal. Come on now, y'all can give me a better amen than that. That's such an encouraging word. Why? Because if you find a promise in this word right here, you can guarantee that God's going to bring it to pass. So the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. It says, he stood by the lake of Gennaraset, however you say that word, and he saw two boats beside the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered one of the boats, which was Simon's. That's Peter, in case you're wondering who this was. And asked him to thrust it out a little from the land. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your, what does it say? Nets. Oh, that's really important to take a note right there. It says nets, plural. Okay? And, and, and I'm going to show you in a moment why that's so important. Jesus, now catch me. You, to get really what I want to share with tonight, you're really going to have to track with me on this because I'm building to something. So Jesus borrowed Peter's boat, preached to the people the word, okay? little side note, if you're taking notes, make a note of Mark chapter 4. Go study that a little bit later. It's a parable of the sower. Jesus was sowing the word, okay? And anytime you sow the word, you're going to have four grounds to pick from. You've got the, the ground on the top where the birds come down and pick it up. That's what the devil does. And the Bible says he immediately comes to steal the word. I'm preaching. I'm sowing the word into your hearts tonight. Immediately, somebody in here, when you leave here, the enemy's going to come try to steal the word that I'm sowing into your heart tonight. The second ground was the ground that it took a little root and it gathered up and, excuse me, it started to grow up and, and then, you know, maybe lasted for a little bit. And then I think the Bible says the sun and stuff came down and shrunk it up. The other one, the third ground, was the ground that came in. It grew up. It started growing. And then uh, uh, basically it was the circumstances of life and the trials of life. And then the Bible says the lust of other things. Good things started coming in. You ever seen someone, man, they started getting blessed. They go to church. They started getting blessed. Started, Man, they got blessed say, a brand new car. They're, they got their wife back, their dog back, their car back, their bicycle back. All this stuff started happening. And they started getting just good things happening. Next thing you know, they're gone. It's like... What happened? Lust of other things. That desire of other things crept in. And the Bible says it choked the word out. Amen. See, that, that's, that's something important. It's not always bad things that draws people away. Sometimes it's the good blessings of God that choke the word, key, 
the word out. And the fourth ground was the good ground where it's, it got sown in the heart. It grew, produced fruit some 30, 60, 100 fold. So there's four grounds. The key in all those grounds, Mark chapter 4, if you're taking notes, is the number one thing the enemy was after. And all four of those grounds was the word of God that had been sown in the heart. Okay? So the people had pressed in to hear the word. Jesus now said to Peter, to Simon, he said, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Peter had received a word from God, from Jesus. Simon answered him, Master, we've worked all night and caught nothing, but at your word I will let down the net, singular. Jesus said nets. Peter let down his net. Think about that. He said nets. Peter let down his net. Why? It's a good question. Real quick, and I, I know I didn't give you this verse, but go to Malachi chapter uh, 1 on the screen if you guys just want to look there or if you want to flip to your Bible real quick. Malachi, we go there and we talk about the tithe verse a lot, but I'm not going to talk about the tithe verse. I want you to go to chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. And I want you to look real quickly. We're going to go back to Luke chapter 5. But it's, <clears throat> excuse me, but it says here in verse 7. Look at this real quick. Matthew, excuse me, Malachi chapter 1, verse 7. God's speaking here. He says, you offered defiled food on my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? God's asking this question. When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Would he be pleased with you or accept you? Says the Lord of hosts. But now entreat God's favor that he be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Look at verse 14. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and vows and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because, and, and please don't take any condemnation what I'm about to say, because we're all probably guilty. God tells you to give such and such or to do such and such. Let's just use a piece of clothing for an example. God says, man, go in your closet, pick out the nicest shirt you got and give it to so-and-so. You go in your closet, and that's your favorite shirt, man. Oh, it's the best shirt you got. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we going to get real technical. We, 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 we see God says give your most favorite, nicest shirt away. You know, that one shirt. And then you start looking at it and you say, man, I really, I really like that shirt. And let me give you this one over here. It's got a hole in the armpit. You know, it's got a peanut butter stain from six years ago on the back. You know, yeah, I can do without that one. And, and so, so we go and give God our blemished, our less than. And God's saying, give me your best, right? And then, and then we do just like they did in Malachi, and we give, instead of giving the best sheep, we give the sick one, because, you know, gonna die. yeah, it's going to die anyway, Pastor. I mean, what's the big deal, you know? Might as well just give that to God. And look, I'm guilty. I've given a penny in the offering before, okay? But what, what about when God says, come on, give $100? Oh, Lord, you know, oh, $100, wait a minute, no, 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 no. Here, yeah, I got a penny in my pocket. That'll work. I gave something. But it wasn't what God said to give. Okay, let's go back to Luke chapter 5. 
Ooh, it's good, guys. It's good, good, good. So he says, he says, launch out your deep, launch out the deep, let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and have caught nothing. But at your, but at your word, but at your word, I'll let down the net. When they had done this, they, look at this, caught a great number of fish. And the Bible says, and their net was tearing. Or this, this King James Version says, break. It started to break. It was tearing. You could hear probably the strands of rope going. Because the weight of the blessing of God began to become so heavy that it was almost too much for what they used to reap the blessing that Jesus was trying to get to them. And the Bible says in verse 7, so they signaled to their, what's that word right there say? Partners, their associations, their connections, the people that were called alongside to help. They were associated with individuals and they began to call out to them in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and the Bible says, and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Now get this picture, ladies and gentlemen. Peter is there. And he's tired, man. He had been fishing all night, the Bible says. And he, the Bible actually says that he, he toiled. He was, he was working, sweating, and he'd been out there trying to catch fish and didn't catch nothing. He was up there cleaning the, uh, the nets, trying to get it ready for the next day. Probably ready to go back home, maybe get some food, some Popeye's chicken from his wife or whatever the famous thing was back then. Maybe some fish he caught from another day. He's just ready to go home. He's tired. And then the preacher comes along. You know them preachers. They're all fired up Wednesday night, ready to go. You've been working all day. And the preacher's saying, wow, I just want to go home, man. <laughs> hey, I got too big of an amen from you on that one, Patrick. <laughs> and so, yeah, you can get the picture, man. He'd been working all day. He was ready to go home. And the preacher come along and said, hey, why don't you go out just a little bit deeper? Come on, how many times have you just been tired? You've been working. And the preacher comes along and says, can you, can you come just a little bit deeper with me? And I really don't want to. Good God, I'd rather be in my home flipping the channel, watching TV. Ain't Game 7 of the World Series supposed to come on sometime anyway? Nevertheless, preacher, that's your word. <sighs> Let's go. <laughs> come on, we all could probably relate a little bit. All right. So you get the picture of Peter. So there's no telling. He probably maybe wanted to, to keep the other nets there. He, he said, oh, I'll just I'll use this, whole, this net over here. Right, whatever. I ain't finished cleaning it. Let me... Sure, Jesus. Oh, my gosh, the net's so big. Hey, James. Hey, John. I need help pulling in this harvest. And they came over. And look what the Bible says. It says they came and filled both boats. You see, my question to you is this. In this context of Scripture, verse 1 through 7 who did Peter, excuse me, who did, I gave the answer away. Who did Jesus give the word to? Peter. I just gave it away. Peter. <laughs> Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep and cast your nets. Who got blessed? James, John, his partners, James and John, and Peter, right? They all got blessed. The word, though, was given to who? Peter, but who got the blessing? Not just the one that, got, that was given the word. It was those that were associated with the one that got the word from Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to, date, to tell you tonight is simply this. Who are you connected with? 
Hang out with people that hear from God. Hang out with people that have got a sure word from God. And as they are obedient to step out in what God calls them to do, and if you associate with those who God has called you to associate with, my God, you can get blessed simply by hanging out with the right people. Oh, man, that's so good to me, y'all. It's called partnership. Peter, excuse me, James and John... They got no word. They didn't get any word from God. They just happened to be at the right place at the right time. That's something you should confess over your life as often as you think about it. Man, I am in the right place at the right time, connected to the right people. I'm telling you guys, there is this beautiful godly principle that's called you increase or you decrease by your associations. Listen to me. It's important who you hang out with. <laughs> Most of y'all, I think, have heard my testimony. I, I come from a drug, drinking, partying, selling drugs, all kinds of messed up, jacked up life. When I hung out with people that did drugs and drank and partied and stole and robbed and had, you know, just the bad stuff we all did, guess what? I started to decrease in my life. Right? Running from the law. Robbing, stealing, cheating, lying. Why? Because my associations. It's so interesting that my life dramatically began to change when I stopped hanging out with those that were drinking and drugging and stealing and robbing and lying and cheating. Wow. Go figure. I changed my associations and my life began to increase. So... The Bible goes on and says in verse 8, When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. That word astonished means shocked. I, I've been seeing something in the Word. I, I actually shared with Daniel the other day. But something in the Word, the Bible was talking about, um, uh, I think it was in maybe Matthew chapter 5. I have to go look at the specific verse. But it's when Jesus talked about that it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And in the same conversation, he says another time that, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And if you look at this, and it's kind of hidden, you may not notice this, but all of a sudden it says twice in that same conversation that Jesus says this, it says the disciples were, uh, uh, it says they were astonished, which means shocked, and it says they were amazed. Think about that. They were amazed. And Peter, to the, so he was so shocked at that statement, asked Jesus the question, well, then who can be saved? My, 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 my lightning fast brain went off like this. When I saw that, it, it, it just it registered in me. Why were they so shocked that a rich man couldn't enter the kingdom? Why were they so shocked that Peter asked the question, well, then who can be saved unless they were surrounded by wealth and increase and prosperity in their life? Who, if rich people, can, it's hard for them to get in the kingdom, well, who then is going to get saved? You think about that. That messes up our whole theology about Jesus being poor and barely getting to buy. You know, the Bible actually tells us in the Gospels that Jesus had women that ministered or partnered to him of their substance, of their things. Yeah. You ever thought about Jesus had 12 grown men traveling the countryside with him, preaching the gospel in different cities? You think they like to eat food every, every now and again? How did he pay for all their food? How did they have uh, room for everybody to sleep? God came through and provided for them. 
You see, Peter, the Bible says he was a sinful man. The Bible says he was a sinful man. But you ever thought about this, that when Jesus ascended and then Peter stepped into, you know, like, like a, a major leadership role of the church, that the Bible says in the book of Acts that people begin to, to bring uh, their, their money, their silver, their gold, they begin to lay it at the apostles' feet? Where are they getting that from? But where, where, where does that come from? They had to have seen the example of Jesus when he was walking the earth. You know how many times Jesus walked around and people probably gave him a bag of gold? I mean, Judas was stealing from Jesus' ministry to the point that they were able to still travel, still move around, still do things, and yet Judas was still able to steal out of the treasury and them not even have to skip a beat. Peter went from catching nothing to having an over amount of abundance. Why? Because he connected with Jesus. What I'm trying to get to you guys tonight is who are you connecting yourself with? You hang with the wise, you'll become wise. You hang with the jokers, you become a joker, a toker, a midnight smoker. Oh, wait, that's a song. says he was astonished at the catch when they, which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were, look at this, partners with Simon. Then Jesus said, don't fear. From now on, you'll catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. My question tonight, again, guys, I really want to get this in your heart. Who are you connecting with? Take a good, hard look at your surroundings. Take a good, hard look at your environment. Take a look at your friends. Who are you connecting with? Do they have what you want? If they don't, it may be good times to step aside and start to find some people to partner with. I'm telling you, when you connect yourself as a partner, go to Philippians chapter 4. Check this out. When you connect yourself as a partner with someone that's got a word from God, that's when your life will begin to change. You realize that you got born again because of a word that someone gave God? Think about this. You got born again because someone, excuse me, because God gave someone a word about salvation. Jesus preached it in John 3, 16. Paul the apostle got the revelation, started writing the books uh, that he wrote, right? They started spreading across the world. Is that not accurate? Next thing you know, this preacher picked it up and it, somehow it ended up in America. And guess what? We all are saved and born again because someone preached or we heard the word in some form or another. Whether you read it yourself, whether a preacher preached it to you, you answered the call of salvation because God spoke a word to somebody that spoke it out to you. If that's the case, what did I tell you? Philippians chapter 4, that tells me that the key to the next level in your life. Some of you have been praying, Lord, I'm ready for that next level. I'm ready for that increase. I'm ready to go from where I'm at to the next level. Your key could simply be you partnering with the right person. Amen. Hey, I got some work. Jesus has given me a word. I got some work, man. The blessing is so much. I need help. Can you come help me gather in this harvest? Sure. Ain't got nothing else to do. Let's go. They partnered with them. And the Bible says not only did Peter's boat get full, that the others got full and began to sink. Whew, it's good stuff. Look at this here. 
in chapter 4. And uh, let's start reading in verse... Uh, are you all okay so far? Let's start reading in verse... Um, there's a particular part I want to show you here. Chapter 4. Let's start reading in, in verse 10. So now Paul, he's writing to the Philippians, the church at Philippi, and he's wrote a bunch of stuff, and the whole book, you, you know, you should go read. But he says here in verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Regarding this, you did care, but you lacked what? Opportunity. Come on, you, you cared, you wanted, they wanted to help Paul, but the Bible says they lacked the opportunity to help him or partner with him. And the Bible says, I, Paul says here in verse 11, I do not speak because I have need. I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how both to face humble circumstances and how to have abundance. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned the secret, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Look at this. I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you did well having shared in my affliction. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared. Look at this word, shared. Where's it at? No church communicated, the King James says. The, the modern English says shared. That, also, that word also means part. No other church partnered with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. What does the Bible say about our, our, our treasure? Pastor, I know you know this one. But what's the Bible say about our treasure? Where our treasure is, there are, our heart is, right? Your heart is revealed by where your money goes. Ooh, we don't like it. I know we don't like hearing about it, but it's the truth. It's the truth, guys. The Bible says, <laughs> the Bible talks about, I'm going to paraphrase in Proverbs, it talks about a wound from a friend. Is, 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 that was a big paraphrase, but a wound from a friend is a whole lot better than, than you know, something from an enemy. Sometimes, sometimes the truth hurts, but the reality is, guys, where you go look at your checkbook, go look at your bank account, go look where your money goes. That's going to reveal where your heart is. It's the truth. It's the truth. And the Bible says here that the Mason, uh, when, when in the beginning of the gospel, when, when Paul departed from Macedonia, he said, no church. Think about this. This is Paul the apostle. He said, no church, no church partnered, communicated, shared with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only, except you alone. Even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again, for my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that accumulates to your account. But I have everything and abound. I have been filled, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, like a sweet fragrance, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. But my God shall supply your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys can quote Philippians 4.19? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Right? You, you, you understand this thing called context. Context, right? B biblical studies. You have, to, you have to study 
it's not always safe to take one verse and just pull it out of the thing and just, just focus. You need to take it in context. Because anytime you take the text out of context, you're left with a con. Think about that. Anytime you take the text out of context, you're left with con. Okay? And I'm not trying to con you. I'm not taking up an offering, so you guys can't, can't assault me for that. But I am here to deliver some truth to you. And remember, I told you, the enemy going to come immediately to steal the word from some of y'all. Some of it's going to go on good ground. Some of it's going to last for a little bit, and you're going to, whatever. Hopefully, you're all good ground, though. If you see that verse of 419 in Philippians, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. What's the context of this verse? It's in regards to partnership. He's talking specifically to the Philippian church who partnered, communicated, shared with him in the beginning of the gospel concerning giving and receiving. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to tell you who you connect with financially, who you connect with uh, as far as even serving and, and, and helping, like physically helping pull a net in or maybe it's serving in the church, who you connect with, who you partner with has the ability to increase or decrease your life. You don't believe me? Find the person that takes the majority of their money and partners with the drug dealer. Does that, does that increase or decrease their life? Come on, help me out. Decreases them, right? Is it not the same principle? Is it not the same principle when a person takes their heart, their money, their treasure, and partners, shares, communicates with the drug dealer? They give them a piece of their heart, a piece of their money. What does it do? It affects them. Does it not also affect the family members of the individual that's partnered with the drug dealer? Come on, help me out. Does it not affect the family members as well? If that's the case in the natural, in an evil context, how much more is it when we partner and connect with a man or a woman of God that has a sure word from God? Does it not only affect you on the increase, it also affects your family? family and those that are connected to you peter got a word from god did he not jesus and simply because those that were partnered or connected to peter they didn't even get the word they just happened to be connected with peter they got blessed with a boat full sinking harvest why they partnered with the right person and it brought increase into into their life Guys, I'm just here to try to fire you up and encourage you on this Wednesday after you've been working all day to let you know, my God in heaven, seriously partner up with who God is partnering or calling you to partner with. We ain't got a whole lot of time to be, you know, partnering with the wrong people. You realize it's important who you listen to? It's important who you connect yourself with? Even the Bible talks about when a man... And a woman, and we're, we're all, you're old enough, you're, you're, you're in here, so you, you get to hear some adult conversation tonight. But is it, not, is it not in the scriptures, in the New Testament, that when a man and a woman get married and they have sex, they become one? They, is that not considered a, a, an attachment or a oneness of two things becoming one? When a, when a husband comes into the marriage with a wife, does it not produce increase in their life? 
Does it not produce children? Does it not affect the families? Why? Because two people have partnered together. Does the Bible not also say that it's not, my paraphrase, but it's not wise for a person to connect himself, to partner himself, to have sex with a harlot or a prostitute? Why? Because when you do that, you become one with that thing. Right? Come on, we look at this. Look at this from natural perspective. Why, why is God so big on sexual sin? Why is he so specific on sexual sins over other sins? Why? Because sexual sin, I'm, I'm convinced. I'll just say this. You can let the pieces fall where they may. People say, well, all sin's the same. I don't agree with that anymore. God's very specific about sexual sin. It highlights that in the New Testament. Why is that so important? Because you're connecting and partnering and becoming one with something that God did not intend you to become one with. When you give of yourself to something, you partner with it and you are connected to what they're connected with. So now come back with me over here to to the more happier part. When you do this on a positive level and you connect with somebody with vision, someone with purpose, someone that knows where they're going, someone that's heard from God and they're walking this thing out, when you partner with them, guess what? You all of a sudden get to start reaping blessings and good things start happening to you and all your needs are supplied according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Why? Because you've partnered and you've gotten connected with who God has called you to connect with. Guys, it's important who you connect with. It's important who you partner with. It's important where you go to church. It's important who you listen to on CD and tape. And it's important what you read. It's important what you watch. Why? Because who you partner with has the ability to increase you or decrease you. The question I have for you tonight at 7.50, and I'm going to end early. Y'all are going to be so happy. My question as I end and close this thing down tonight is are you willing to increase your life or are you willing to allow decrease to come in your life? It's all up to you and it's as simple as walking with the wise and you'll become wise. Hang out with fools, you'll become a fool. Hang out with people that have no vision and you'll wander around aimlessly And 20 years from now, you'll be like, man, I've wasted a lot of years. Yeah, you could have got on board on November 1st, 2017. But you waited until 2027 (laughs) in December of all years, months. So y'all hear what I'm saying? Was I concise and clear in my message tonight? Increase or decrease by your association. It's important who you partner with. Where's your money going? That's a good question for you to ask. Where's your money going? Is your money going anywhere? That's another question to ask. And if it ain't, man, pray, God, who do you want me to partner with? Who am I supposed to connect with? Who's going somewhere? Who's doing some things? Because I want to go. I want to go to the next level. I want to associate with the wise. Amos 3.3 says, says, can two walk together lest they be agreed? Who are you connected with? Our, our youth camp. Winter camp we're doing. Typically, our winter camp is supposed to be the smaller, the smaller numbers wise. Okay? 
And someone may ask, why are you always so number conscious with your, 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 your camps and stuff? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll rebuttal that with, go look throughout the Bible. You see all throughout the Bible, some 3,000 were saved, some 5,000 were fed, some 4,000 were fed. There were 12 disciples. There was, it's all about numbers. God is totally into numbers. He wrote a book called Numbers. And, and the more people you have, the more people you can reach and the more they can reach. So it's, it's a big deal. But our numbers, typically, we, we've had our first winter camp, which for those of you that don't know, we do a youth winter camp and a summer camp and kids camp. Our first winter camp in 16, we had, um, we had about 65 people, which is good. Second year, which was last year, uh, we had 105 people. Now, our largest camp period, we do a summer camp too. The largest camp we've ever done was in 2014. We had 212 people. Praise God, that was awesome. That was really good. Last summer, we had about 180-something kids out there. This winter camp, January coming up, we got 303 people at a winter camp. So, so you know what that says to me? No, and, and we're literally, we're like, we're trying to figure out how we're going to fit everybody. Like, our net, our boat is like sinking in a good sense. It's a very good problem to have. Don't, don't feel sorry for me. I promise. Don't feel sorry for me. But, but I, I'm, I'm trying to show you an example here. I, 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 was, I, was, I had a word from God. Started youth camp. Started out. We did it in 2013. 85 people showed up. And our numbers went up and went down, went up. Now they're going way up. And when they were going down, you know what I kept doing? Kept walking forward. Kept going forward. And all of a sudden... God started sending me a team and started sending me people and started, this whole thing started coming together. Now we're at a spot literally where we got so many people we don't even have room for. Why? Because God has sent the harvest. And now God has sent me people that are coming alongside. I was preaching to one of my guys uh, that's on the team. I was preaching to him. And I'm saying, look, you got to help me pull this net in. And I was telling him, his name's Stephen. I said, Stephen, you might, you might remember Stephen. I said, Stephen, I said, listen, man. I said, yeah, you got your own blessing. Now. Just because you're saved, you're blessed. But I want you to know. I said, the fact that you're, and, I, and it sounds kind of arrogant, but it's not. It's confident. I'm confident in what I'm preaching to you today. The fact that you have partnered with me and connected with me and helped me pull in this net of all these people. I'm telling you, Stephen, you are going to get blessed because you've partnered with me. And you got to get that same confidence. If God has given you a word, man, I need, you can say it like this, I need help pulling in this harvest. Amen. Man, my brother here has a heart for guys that come from drug and alcohol background. He's trying to help them. You know what? In the natural, he can't reach every person. But he can train up one and train up two and train up three. And guess what? Those three are producing the six. Next thing you know, he's got the city of Prattville, the most soberest city in America. Why not? But he's going to need partners connecting with him to reach that place. Pastor Ricky stepped into pastor here. How many years ago? Five, six, seven years ago? He can't do it all by himself. And he's not, thank God, he's not doing it all by himself. Yet the reality of it is when he gets a word... He needs the children worker. He needs the youth worker. He needs the senior citizen worker and the nursery care. He needs it all. Why? To gather in this harvest. 
And the more people that partner with Ricky, excuse me, Pastor Ricky and his church, please pardon me, Pastor Ricky and his church, they partner with them. The word that he has from God, you get blessed too. Why? Because you've partnered with the man that has the word from God. You may have not gotten the word about PCC, but you can trust that God spoke to him and you can partner with him, give him some money, help him pull the rope in, help him pull the net in. And guess what? Not only does Pastor Ricky's boat get filled, not only do these pews get filled, but my God, your boat and your house and your, not literally your boat, I'm using figurative speech, please go with me on this. But your boat, your, your thing that's carrying in this harvest gets filled too. Your family starts getting blessed. Your bank account starts increasing. Why? Because you've partnered with who God has connected you to partner with. That's all I'm trying to get you to do. Find someone to partner with. Find someone to increase with. And let's reach this world for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We need you. God, I pray that if you've been speaking to anybody's heart about partnering, I pray you reveal to them who to partner with. I pray you reveal to them who to connect with. And Father, if there's those that are in here that have, that have been de decreasing by their associations, I pray you give them the courage to uh, to disassociate, to disconnect from those that uh, they don't need to be hanging out with. No condemnation doesn't mean that they're bad, evil people. It just means they're not going to the same place that they're going. So I pray, God, you'll speak to our hearts. You'll reveal that to us. And you'll begin to send people across our path to help us go to that next level. Help stretch us. Help challenge us. Help, help deliver us. Help us, God. Help us, Father. Help us to walk this thing out, sir. Show us who to partner with, God. Show us how to do it, Lord. And give us the strength and the courage to do it. God, I bow my knee as it is my custom. And I say, Father, to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. God bless you. Thank you so much. Until next time.